Welcome to Manhood. Who's thinking are you thinking? Hey, it's Frank Sell, your host of Armored Up Man, the podcast. Who's this podcast for? It's men. Men that are ready to fulfill their potential instead of just getting by on talent. How do I know that? Because that was me over 10 years ago. I realized everywhere I went, there I was. Everything in my life I was responsible for. And when you can take responsibility for it, then you start stepping into manhood and you have the ability to make change. Welcome to the show. Hey gang, what is happening? It is your host, your host of Armored Up Man, uh, Frank Seller here. So give me just a couple of seconds, couple of minutes, getting stuff lined out here. Had some issues trying to go live with our other, uh, with our other venue. So we are going to get set up on here. And man, I'm, I'm excited to have our, our guest on today. Um, man, for multiple reasons. Get this message sent over to him so that he can uh, join us on the show. Um, so yeah. That's what's up. So today, man, we're excited. We're going to have the author of the book, Blue Fishing. The Art of Getting Shit Done. So let me uh, get in here. And there is our of the day. And so what's going to happen here is, uh, my name is Frank Sell. I'm the founder of this here show program, whatever you want to call it, podcast. And so if you're listening to this on the podcast, we do have a live Facebook video show that we record this on so that you can interact with this, uh, so that we can have a good time together. There's the man of the hour. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Lovely technology. <laughs> yeah, it's adapt and overcome day today. <laughs> so I was just telling everybody here on the, on the show, um, you know, this is the Welcome to Manhood Armored Up Man podcast video show. Um, and the whole reason, the whole purpose behind this is because I realized after a short 37 years, everywhere I went, there I was. And so apparently, um, maybe I had some responsibility for some of the shit that had happened in my life. And I need to find some new thinking. So that's when I started investing in books and different materials to go out and deposit new new inputs into my brain what i call my think account investments in my think account um and so that's why today man i'm super excited to have our guest steve sims on um man just for so many reasons because you're from the salt of the earth background like so many of us um and where he's at now is just it's the it's the story of stories steve steve how you doing brother i'm doing well thanks pal um, man, so why don't you, uh, why don't you give the brotherhood just a little background on, on Steve Sims. Whiskey drinking East London biker, um, born, raised into a construction firm. And, um, now I, I'm the Make-A-Wish Foundation for people with very large checkbooks. Um, I'm responsible for turning people's cocktail stories upside down by, getting them married by the Pope, closing down museums for dinner parties, sending them down to the Titanic, 
I, I am the guy that you come to when you want something absolutely amazing to happen and you're willing to spend a fortune to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is like there's no excuses for anybody out there. There's no excuses for anybody out there to do what I do or to do anything you want to do. And I am very, very fortunate that most people sell themselves short. If people mm -hmm. actually did something stupid, like actually go and do it, or go mm -hmm. and go and he, don't even go and do it, just go and freaking ask for it. The amount, <laughs> the amount of people that I speak to that pay me ten, a hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, and I say to them, "Well, why, why did you come to me?" And they were like, "Oh, well, I didn't know if I could get it done." I would, well, did you actually ask? And they'd be like, uh -huh. no, we didn't. And I could have saved them half a million bucks by just having them ask. But the amount of people that don't actually ask for stuff makes me look like a freaking genius and rock star. I, that resonates a lot with me because I, I don't know if you've listened to a lot of my stories or lives and so on, but say, I'm just blessed with a level of ignorance to not know I shouldn't do a lot of stuff and just go do it. That, do, do you know, you and I, brother, you know, we're, we're from different mums, but we're brothers there. I, I still account my greatest source of intelligence was my massive ignorance at a young age. No one had told me I couldn't do stuff, so I actually just went and did it. And while everyone else is standing back going, where's he going? I'm stood there going, well, why are they standing back there when what we want is up there? Surely we should be up there. And I would just go forward and do it. And then people would be like, oh, he did it. And I'd be standing there going, Fuck, of course I did it. Why didn't you do it? So I think ignorance was my greatest, greatest blessing from a young age. Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with that, you know, because what I have found, you know, in, in my little journey and now that I've kind of found my purpose and calling is, is helping equip men with, you know, with, with a different mindset and thinking is that so many people, like I, I was just, you know, going through your book again and one little part that resonates is like, people worry about what somebody's going to say when we're we're literally you and i are a thousand different people to a thousand different people so why the hell should i even care what one person says because if you ask a thousand people they'll all have a different opinion of who you are yeah and none of those none of those opinions matter other than the one that you you cherish um i've openly said that i am i am i am successful and i am comfortable and i am confident because it takes zero effort to be me. And there's a lot of people out there that dislike me, and I'm absolutely fine with that. And I will never work with those people, but then I don't have to try and be someone I'm not. For everyone that I work with, for everyone that spends money with me, for everyone that I coach, for everyone that I consult, for every stage that I'm ever on, they get to see me, unlaid, naked, raw me not naked physically you don't want that shit but you know you just get me there's no confusion as to who i am and and that's and that's something that i mean so many of us we it goes back to you know we don't know who's thinking we're thinking we just don't understand that you know we are enough all of us is enough out of seven some billion people there's a few thousand a hundred thousand that that resonate with us and so um the reason for the show today is I mean, it, it kind of lines up with Steve's book, you know, blue fishing is that, you know, kind of the one of the easiest ways to get people to do stuff is for them to find a way that they want to do it. 
that it's appetizing to them. Um, and so Steve reached out to me and said, hey, man, uh, could, could you uh, help me, you know, kind of help make awareness and, and promote this new program, the distillery that you have, a, a platform um, to help people uh, kind, of, kind of move down the path um, and develop their thinking and, and all this different stuff. So, man, tell us a little bit about, about your program. Well, let's be obnoxious for a start. I'm sitting in a garage here of 12 very nice motorcycles up in the hills in Los Angeles. So I'm not in too much of a concern about paying my mortgage at the end of this month. But what I am concerned about is the way that we as people, and especially as men, are actually going. And that pisses me off. Um, mm -hmm. I did the book... Um, because I wanted a platform to be able to get people to change that mentality, stop worrying about an insta-perfect world, stop changing perfect, because perfect is a blue unicorn with three testicles. It doesn't freaking exist. So I wanted people to get out there and actually start going and then get good. And that's what the book was for. I didn't expect the book to resonate as well as it did. I didn't expect it to be as successful as it was. Um, and it has been, and it's changed my world, and it's got people changing, and I found that my new purpose. The course is a, um, a, uh, a combination of all the chapters in that book in video format. So I have actually gone through the points and gone, hey, in the book we talk about this, but this is the ingredients that got us there. And my whole premise is that if an East London biker, as gorgeous as I am, can do it, then you're shit out of excuses for not being able to do it. The video outlines that very easily and very primitively, and then it's a monthly. You can stay for six months, you can stay for one month, you can stay for six years. But every month, we're going to be adding new content to it so that you can learn, grow, enrich, become more confident, stop apologizing for the person you are, just find the right people that resonate and relate to you that are going to be thankful that you are the person you are. And so I want it to be used as a platform to get people to be able to do more stuff. And that's why it's making things happen. Exactly. I love that. And like, you know, even if you were just to buy the book just for this little part right here, the playbook, I mean, this is freaking a gold mine. Oh, no, let me help you. Let me help you. Shit, you can have that for free. If you just go to stevedsims.com and actually subscribe to the newsletter, you get that entire uh, PDF playbook for free. It gets sent to you. So you don't even have to buy the book. You don't even have to spend the exorbitant $16.99 or whatever it is. You get the playbook, and you can make some changes from there. And again, the book, I make... Um, I make 80 cents per book. So again, uh -huh. I ain't paying my mortgage with the bloody book. Yeah, and, that, and that's awesome because that's what, you know, like uh, with, with what we do and like Armored Up Man, it's like I'm not making <coughs> any money with this. What I'm doing is, is listening. I think, okay, you know, God says, okay, this, this has happened for you. I've been equipping you, not whipping you. So whenever you decide to look at this as a piece of armor to go out and do battle in the world, because I, I like to say, man, battle will be brought to you or be brought by you. And it's, it's, are you a warrior for the light, for good, going out there and making shit happen? So um, here's an awesome example, Steve. We, we've been going through some stuff uh, in our family that, that, that kind of started this whole process. And what is so funny is, is, 
the, the sheriff showed up at my gate Wednesday night at, at my house because we've been fighting this process. And, you know, my, my thinking, I'm looking at this, and, it, and it's kind of like a blue fishing almost that instead of looking at trying to save myself or save, you know, the, the embarrassment or energy or whatever, I was like, you know what? Let's just roll with this and see where it goes. And it wound up being that my situation actually served him. And it wasn't really anything about me. It is when the bigger picture started moving and I started stepping back and like, wait a minute, there, there's, there's something more to this scenario than me. And, and I love that's what your book is like. It goes into and everything you stand about is like, hey, ding dong. Why don't you look and see what other people want and then just find a way to help them get it? Yeah, it's amazing how our greatest misfortunes, our greatest educations, our greatest enlightenment usually comes from our greatest mistakes. And we're constantly pushing uphill when we sometimes should actually just turn around and roll down with it. So there's a, there's a great quote that uh, uh, I think it was Joe Polish gave me that he said, um, experience comes two seconds after you needed it most. And I absolutely love that. We have, we have tech difficulty. Yeah, Frank Junior Junior just stabbed himself with a knife. <laughs> that's not good. That's the, well. Now he's just learned that that's not what to do. <laughs> he agrees. <laughs> Yeah, I would just super glue. That's a super glue move. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's real a, life drama. Real life trauma. Super glue. Nothing super glue ain't gonna solve. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, and what what's the website that they can go look at? So, if they head over to either stevedsims.com, that's just one M in Sims, uh -huh. or they can go to Bluefish Steve. There is the direct link straight onto the course, and they can get an idea. But as I say, if you subscribe to the newsletter on stevedsims.com, you'll actually get that PDF, and you can get a taste as to whether or not you like my tone or not. You may, you may read that kind of stuff and go, that's garbage, it's not for me. And that's fine, because I don't, I'm not a one-size-fits-all. But if you want to get over to Bluefish Steve, you'll be able to understand a little bit more of what I get up to the people I hang around with, the kind of things that I do, the kind of things I pull off. And if you need that in your life, then it's sitting at the end of your fingertips for 49, I think 49 or 49.99, something like that per month. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. Ben Frame here says that uh, your book influenced the principles upon which his digital concierge business was formed. Thank you very much, sir. Cheers. Thanks for the shout out. Yeah, and so if anybody has any questions, please put them up here in the comments and we'll, we'll get those to Steve. Um, and that's um, a prime opportunity that if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify to join us, uh, go follow us on the page Armored Up Man so that way you can join in these live conversations. Uh, you know, so for Armored Up Man, you know, it's taken me like a year to kind of really understand what the hell we, you know, kind of the roadmap, kind of like what you're doing <laughs> with, with, you know, your pro program. Um, you know, it's like, okay, you don't know what you don't know, and then you know what you don't know. And so I'm, I'm going through this process, and for me, you know, it's truth, honor, and legacy. 
and so within that truth, there's some subsets of, you know, your faith and your family and your finances and so on. Um, and so it sounds like this step, this process right now is kind of like Steve Sims helping to ensure and extend his, his legacy. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's, a great, there's a great saying by Ari Mizell, get going, then get good. Um, as I say, I've, 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 run, I've run the world's leading concierge firm for 20, I think it's 23 years now. Um, we deal with some of the most powerful and richest people in the planet. Um, and I've been gratefully presented a platform last year with the book and with the response from it. That's, that's the key. Anyone can throw a book out there, but the fact that I've got so much response has led me to be able to go out there and go, well, okay, what does this mean to you? How can it help you? What's the next thing that can benefit and grow you? And you do get to a point in your life where you go, well, okay, I'm doing okay, but is this really the sand pit I want to play in? And now I'm being given the chance to help other people that I never would have met change their thinking, change their mentality, ask for stuff, how to brand, how to gain loyalty, how to get higher paying clients. You know, they say the client's always, the customer's always right. No, they're not. Nine times out of 10, the customer doesn't know what the jack they want. So you've got to give people not what they ask for, but what they need, what they require, what they deserve. And those are the tricks that hopefully I can bring out there. And I'm really enjoying the platform. I'm enjoying the fact that it resonates and relates to people. And I get to leave, lead an unapologetic life. Yeah, I love that. It's like, you know, maybe a, a prime example would be your three whys um, yeah. when you're talking to somebody. Yeah. Um, the trouble is we're living in an insta-perfect life now. Um, mm -hmm. And... If you go up to someone and you ask them a question of importance, I go up to you and I go, hey, what's the most incredible thing that you would like to do? Given the chance, if I could do anything for you, wave a magic wand, what would it be? And your buddy will probably look at you and go, oh, um, be in a bathtub with the Victoria's Secrets models. You know, they will give you the answer that they feel that you want to hear that makes them mm -hmm. sound cooler or funny or intelligent. And then you turn around and you go, okay, why? And as you start driving that why question, and I think why is the greatest word in the human language. As you start going, okay, well, why? They go, well, you know, it'd be fun. Really? You really want to do it? Why is that? As you keep asking why, you start getting down to the core. If you could give someone anything in the world, anything that they could possibly dream, they may just want to have a cup of tea with their mum that they lost 20 years ago. They may want to have a chat with Winston Churchill. They may want to uh, play golf with Steve Jobs. You know, they, it, I'm talking about anything. These are dream moments. Why should we limit our dreams? And the trouble is, when you first ask someone, they get defensive and they give you the answer that's not right. That why is the Indiana Jones, the Sherlock Holmes. It dives into the core to eventually you get to the real why in someone's desires. Man, I love that. And that's, it's myself being in business for 16 years. It's, you know, it's kind of my responsibility to, to lead people in that process. Like, you know, cause I've been doing this, it's my profession. I should kind of know, you know, what, like, the top three things that people normally want in my industry. And so I can already, you know, kind of have something ready for those people to, 
to help guide them through that process. Uh, is that's, that's huge. Cause so many, like myself, like you saw my son come in, he, he's Frank tell the fifth, um, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a legacy now. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so at some point in, in our lives, especially as men, there, there's three levels of motivation that I've found in life. It's the, it's the material, look at my toys, look at, look at my things and so on. Um, and then there's, Hey, look up, you know, look at my, what I've done, look at my name on the building. And this, the last piece of, of motivation is legacy. You know, what will my children's children's grandchildren remember about us? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a so, solid, that's a solid way to put it up. You know, I love, I love toys and trinkets. Obviously I've got a bunch of them sitting around here. But if they, all, uh, if they all burnt down tomorrow and my family was safe, then I'm only going to be giving praise for my family. Uh, mm -hmm. the, you've you've got to – I want everyone out there to be able to spend as much as they want to be able to spend or as much as they can spend on whatever they want to be spending it on, however they want to be spending it, without having to apologize to anyone. But I don't want them to think that these things make the person they are. That's a deeper note. Yeah, no, yeah. This brings me to, um, you know, like, a, I would say a personal question. So I'm from that salt of the earth background. I still have calluses on, on my, my hands. Um, and so at what point did Steve Sims make that transition of brick? I'm a son of a bricklayer to, you know what, this flow and synchronicity thing, it's, it's more real than it's not. And money's just an energy. It's just a, a thing, a figment of our, you know, kind of, of our imagination. Um, so is there something along the path that like it switched and you realize, okay, money's just energy. It's a transfer of energy. Uh, so how do I go from transferring my labor to providing it and connecting it and doing these things? Yeah, there was, there was that moment. Um, <clears throat> and it's a very sore point in my life. Um, and again, as we said, it was one of the greatest downsides, which turned into, thankfully, one of the best upsides. Um, I was a guy that if you went into a pub and you said the wrong thing to a guy, he punched you in the nose. You therefore understood that what you had said was wrong and that you had an issue, okay? Um, it was from that period, from that era. And if I went and said, I remember my dad doing this, uh, when you'd go out as a bricklayer and you'd get a little job by repairing someone's wall or, you know, fixing a window or something like that, if you priced it wrong and you lost money, that's your fault. You can't go back to the client and go, oh, I priced it wrong. It's actually another $100. Wear it. That's education. You tend to not make the same mistakes twice. So as I was growing up and keeping things very easy – by being me, uh, there was a period where I started to doubt me. I actually started to doubt the perception other people would have of me. I actually took all my earrings out. I bought a Ferrari. I bought tailor-made suits. I started looking like some bad extra out of Miami Vice. And I was throwing parties for the richest, most powerful people in Monaco. And I actually have got photographs of this in my office. And the problem was that I had sold out. And I was getting clients and I was getting business, but based on what I looked like, not based on, what, on who I was. And this upset me. So I actually, quite truthfully, got blindly drunk for three days, uh, took a big spiral, 
um, woke up out of it, sold the Ferrari, put the, to- um, put the suits away, put the earrings back in. And I thought, of all the effort in my world, of all the effort in my life, I don't want to dedicate any of it to being someone who I'm not. And hey, there are over 7 billion people in the world. I'm sure as shit I can find one or two in that that I get on with. Mm-hmm. And that was my math. That was my thing. And you know, the stark realization, you know, I can't spell. Um, I, ca- I can't spell. I do videos a lot because I've never got my spelling wrong in a video. Um, I can't write long emails, so I don't even try. I don't know big words, so again, I don't even try. This is it, but I can do. And that's mm-hmm. what I focus on. I focus on actually being able to get stuff done and shaking people up to the point that they can do the same. So I did find that there was a turning point that it was easier to be me and more productive to the people that I was serving by not wasting any of the energy on trying to be someone superficial that you would potentially be impressed with. Yeah, man, I love that. The, uh, I think it was last year at the Thrive event, uh, 2017. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't dress this up. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, I mean, I've probably got almost a foot of beard, red beard at that. Um, and yeah, I'll walk into that event there. And of course I have my, my trademark 100% vegetarian shirt on and this big red beard. And it is unreal how many people like they literally, I, I could feel them coming up to me that they wish they could have that freedom to just be who the fuck they are in this, in this room. And it is so liberating for people. And that's what, what I love about Steve and, and just like this whole conversation is that just by showing up and who you were designed to be, then the right people will, will just be attracted to you and, and flow your way. And they will stay with you. You know, there's, there's a word that's come up as the, um, the mouse pad quote of the year, which pisses me off, authenticity, okay? <laughs> we are celebrating and revering people for being authentic. Doesn't that in itself show what a fake world that we're actually living in? when we're actually Mm -hmm. amazed and astounded by people actually being fucking who they look like and sound like. So I have a word that I focus on because I hate that word, transparency. I want Mm -hmm. people to be able to look at each other and go, well, okay, I know what you're about. I know what relates to you. I know what you care about. We can connect because I can see the benefit. Um, I am a great believer in transparency in all communications and relationships. And I think it's far greater to be transparency, be transparent, because then you get people that come into your camp, into your sandpit, that tend to stay, because there's no confusion. There's no uh, um, uh, cautiousness about, or what's, what's, uh, what's he going to ask me for? What's Frank going to like, try and pitch me? You know, when people are transparent, you can be comfortable. And let's be honest, in our life, we want comfort. More than ever, the way our mo- life moves now, we want as much comfort and frictionless relationship as possible. Yeah, and so is there something other than just life and getting getting your teeth kicked in, getting your dick stepped on that has taught you that? Is there like a like one book or one mentor? Um, yes, I, I get, I've, I've got smacked a lot in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I've fallen down many, many times. I've been broke a good few times. And there's nothing more empowering than getting up. Um, I remember my dad said to me once, and it's actually in the book, um, no one ever drowned by falling in the water. They drowned by staying there. 
And that has stuck with me to every pain, every time, you know, that the lights are going to be turned off, anytime anything like that happens. And we're entrepreneurs. So let's be blunt. You know, one minute you're rolling in it and the next minute you're kind of like, crap, how am I going to pay the phone bill this month? It's what happens. And the more money you get, the more money you pitch out. And I remember, you know, as a kid, owing someone 100 bucks and it freaking me out, you know? Now I may owe someone, you know, half a million bucks and it freaks me out. The numbers got bigger, but our ability to do more has got bigger and better. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a great believer that you must harness, you must grasp all of those bad moments because that's the power. That's the, that's the secret source that's going to show, hey, this is a tough moment, but I overcome that. And you must be prepared to listen. You must listen to everyone. Hey, ignore lots of people, but listen to everyone because you never know when you may get that nugget that you go, Do you know, that's a point. That's a point. And I am thrilled that I've got people in my circle and I say about my sandpit that I can literally go around and talk to, get off a conversation, finish half a bottle of whiskey with them and come out just smarter because I'm in their presence. So I, when you say, do I have mentors? Thousands, thousands of them. And I'm so proud about it. Yeah. And that's awesome. There's, there's a couple of points in there that are like really relevant to my position right now. Um, you know, what, one thing that, that I've talked a lot about on different videos and different podcasts and things is how selfish it is to play small. Cause like you're saying, if you have bigger problems, that means you've just done bigger things. You've had a bigger influence. Yeah. And are you going to be a positive influence or, or a negative influence? So it's, it's really this, this world of perception we have is totally backwards. People talk about reflections. And if you look at your shirt in a reflection in the mirror, it's the writing is going to be backwards. And so we just get it so screwed up in our head. Um, and so the other thing is, is that broke mentality or not mentality, like not having money. And so how do you, how did you discern um, between manhood and those moments when you were broke? Because I mean, no shit in life. A month ago, I had my truck repossessed, but in 90 days, you know, probably this summer, I made over a hundred grand. Because when my, when my work was there, I hustled my face off and did my work. But the six months prior to that, I made maybe 10 grand because the, the season wasn't there. I didn't, I didn't act soon enough. I didn't, I didn't do enough the last 10 years to set up enough passive income or investments and things. Um, I hadn't been an adult yet with my money. Um, you know, and it's, some of it's taking risks without asking advice. Um, a lot of it's taking risks without asking advice, but you know, Babe Ruth, he's the home run king. He's also the strikeout king. Um, and so I, I've been in that, that position where the world says, you know, if, you, if you're a man in a certain spot and you can't pay that phone bill, you know, shame on you. Um, and so I, I know personally how I've kind of walked through that path of like, you know, kind of what the story I just told. Like, yeah, all the tools within me are still there to earn six, seven, eight figures. Um, there's just a couple of little things that need tweaked. So was there something, what was the process? Like when you go through that, man, I'm broke. This sucks. I'm, I'm a dick. I can't pay my bills to wait a minute. There's more money. All I have to do is go out there and do something. Um, so what? Yeah. So 
again, experience. Um, you, you, you learn the knowledge three minutes, two seconds after you needed it most. That's what experience <laughs> is. Um, I learned, and this is a funny metaphor because um, I'm 240 pound of ugly. There's no way in the world I, I will ever surf. But I remember, you said earlier about mentors. Um, mm -hmm. I remember being a, 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 like a little shitty bar on the beach uh, just up from Santa Monica. And there was a bunch of surfers. And I'd ridden my bike down there and I'm just sat on the edge. This was about, I don't know, about 12, 18 years ago. And I remembered uh, one of the guys said that you don't look for the break on the shore. You look for where the swell's developing. And he was trying to teach me his um, sight line of how he sees where the wave's going to come in so that he could be in best position to take it, okay? And I'm listening to this and all the metaphors of life about, well, we've got to be in a position to accept in order to grow. And all these metaphors are going through my head. And then I realized one thing, and it was the classic, it was the classic bathtub. If you drop a pebble into the middle of the bathtub, it takes a couple of seconds for those ripples to hit the edge of the bathtub, okay? Mm -hmm. We can only surf the swells that as entrepreneurs, we start. So if you think, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur tomorrow, I'm going to be rich, you're an idiot, okay? You've got to create the momentum. You've got to create the opportunity that's going to put you in a position to be able to benefit and monetize from it. So you can only surf the swells that you create, okay? Start now to benefit next year, to benefit in six months. And the other thing that really came into my head, and this may just be me, if it's not, and it helps you guys out there, then perfect. But I have an incredible distaste for money. I loathe it because it does two things to me and only does two things. When I have a big bank account, okay, I get lazy, okay, because my bank account is big. There's loads of digits there. I can afford everything. I'm going to chill out, okay? And then it suddenly starts whittling down because if you've got kids and you've got a mortgage and you've got health care and you've got life, that money runs down quick. And then what suddenly happens is you start, you see it going like that, and then you start doing this hustling thing, okay? And I realized that when I had a lot of money, I was lazy. When I got really low with money, I got involved in business deals that caused a lot of stress because I was focused on the monetary aspects of it, not focused mm -hmm. on how it benefited me, the client, anything like that. I started taking deals or started working with people I didn't like. So it kind of swung me too many different ways. Then what I started doing was I started relating, well, okay, what the dollars actually give me. So if I do X, I can afford a holiday with a family. If I do Y, I can pay my mortgage for six months. So I started looking not at the, uh, the dollar symbols of what it can actually physically represent in my life. Okay? And I know a lot of incredibly wealthy people that are life poor. I, 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 I know a client of mine that up until a couple of years ago had one of the largest mansions in Florida and inside the mansion, and I kid you not, had thrift store sofas because he had spent so much money on showing off on his driveway 
and he had a new Mercedes, and I never ever sat on his bloody sofa. And he said, "Oh, I I saw it in a store. It was like twenty five bucks, and it was a second hand store." And I'm like, "It's a piece of shit. Why don't you buy a new sofa?" And he's like, "No one can see inside the house." And I thought to myself, "I don't want to be that guy." So now, and this is truth, I don't know how much money's in my bank account. And that may sound arrogant, but I have no idea, okay? Because I don't want it to sway me. My wife steers my ship very well. And she'll be like, everything's okay. Oh, you know, wouldn't it be bad if you kind of like, you know, just start looking at what's going on. She'll do those kind of things. I'm like, okay, you know, what have we got? What have we got being done with the house? Well, we need a new washing machine soon. All right. I literally had a client the other day. We moved into a new house, and my wife had this uh, had her eyes set on these uh, this rug set uh, that went around the house. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know, I don't know about that, and I don't know if we've got the money. More than likely, we had the money to spend on it. But I thought, I don't know if I want to be spending money on a rug. Someone asked me to do a speech, okay, down in San Diego, and I uh-huh. I knew how much the rug set was, and I went, I want that. I want that amount of money. And the guy said, great. I did a speech for a rug set, okay, because right. it paid that off. And then what I started doing, and I did 18 speeches last year, I actually thought to myself, here's an idea. I wonder if I could speak my way out of my mortgage payments. <laughs> and that's not phoning up your mortgage broker trying to soft, soft sweep out of actually paying. How much is my mortgage per year? How much do I get paid to do a speech? Therefore, mm-hmm. if I calculated that if I do six speeches in a year, that's my year's mortgage, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I focused on. I wonder if I can speak my way out of a mortgage. Next year, so I have to do six speeches a year. Next year, I've got four already booked. So mm-hmm. just focus on what it gives you, not what it looks like in your bank account. I love that. So it's, it's breaking down who's thinking or thinking um, from, from what I'm hearing, you know, cause like yourself, I come from the background, almost, you know, the scarcity mindset, you go out, you bust your ass, you, you go out and you, and you hustle and you, you get shit done to make your money. Yeah. And like, like you, man, I, I really, I do. I, I hate money. I hate the concept of it because, you know, growing up, it was always money, uh, money ruled everything, what we did, where we went, what we ate. You know, whether we, whether I saw my, my parents, my dad, you know, I can remember one vacation um, as a child because we always had to work, always had. And so that mentality really, I, I understand it because that's how I grew up and that's how I see so many men grow up. And what I'm hearing you say is kind of really the, the epiphany, the, the transition that I just had, um, that with this situation where, you know, I made an agreement, I borrowed money for this old truck had 300,000 miles on it. Um, and I was, you know, I needed some money to do something last, well, two years ago. And so instead of looking at something more intelligently and, and, you know, just buckling down and doing it, I borrowed that money. And so the bank said, Hey, you know what? We'd really like our money or, or the, our truck. And I said, you know what, let's just make a new agreement. Come get your truck. And then we'll just figure it out from there. You know, and that, and that part, it's, you know, the small business entrepreneur mindset, like, hey, it's just a new agreement. That doesn't make me any less of a man. It's still going to get paid plus the interest plus some extra. Yep. It's just going to give me some thought freedom. I don't have to worry about them calling. I don't have to worry about them when they're going to show up. Now I can focus on going out and expanding 
and doing something bigger. Yeah, exactly, 100%. It's all a mindset of how you, you relate to money. But the one thing that everyone has to agree on and ha everyone has to get in, in their head is that you don't ever want money to dictate who you are. That's the mm -hmm. thing that should never occur. If you've got, I've got people in my circle that are hugely wealthy. I've got people in my circle that I know every time I go out with them, I'm paying the bar tab. In fact, I know that because the shitholes they want to go and drink at, I'm too flashy for now, and I don't want to be sipping on lukewarm beer and ugly girls. I want to go to a nice bar, so by doing that, I know I'm paying. But these people give me life. They tell me jokes, they're fun, I like being around them. So I'm not going to allow money to dictate who I am. I'm going to focus on my life and how that could benefit my life. Man, that is so awesome. Um, so... I don't want to take up your whole day. I appreciate what time you have given us and our community. Um, so as we wrap up, you know, let's, uh, let's just roll it out again. What, what we're here for, you know, with your, your program, your, your coaching, um, and let everybody know where they can find you. All right. Yeah. You jump over to bluefishsteve.com or you jump over to Steve D Sims, S I M S.com. Or if, look, if you've got a cell phone and you're in the U S Text the word ugly works, it's one word, ugly works to 345345. Uh, it'll put you on my email list, but it will also get you the PDF that we spoke about from the book Bluefish. And it'll also give you one of my favorite videos, one called the Chug Test. But that's probably the best way to start getting, uh, getting to hear about my views, rants, and opinions. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that or, or comments like number 24, 20, 28, something on, on the list on there. Um, so man, I appreciate your time today, Steve. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome, you know, that somebody, in, you know, that you've gone through all these things, you've attained a certain level of, um, you know, notoriety, success, um, and, and fame and all that stuff. And to find out, you know what, you're still a knucklehead, just like all the rest of us out there swinging the bat. I'm still an idiot. I, I still can't spell for shit. You know, this, this is as good as it gets, my boy. <laughs> That's right. So all of our brothers out there, stay ignorant, believe in yourself, and just go out there and get shit done. Do it. Thank you, Steve. Bye. Thank you for being a man looking to fulfill his potential and not just get by on talent alone. This has been Armored Up Man Podcast. You can find us at armoredupman.com, anywhere on social media, at Armored Up Man. And any likes and reviews are always greatly appreciated. Thank you.